I'm so thankful for the opportunity to worship with you all. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to gather together each and every Sunday and Wednesday and spend time with one another, worshiping our Lord, studying from His Word. And it, it brings me a lot of joy. It brings me a, a lot of peace to my soul knowing that next day is the Lord's Day and, and I have an opportunity to gather together with you all. And, you know, as Richard read in Psalm 16 and verse 8, that's something that comes from His presence. Just a few verses after that, if you're still in Psalm 16, just a few verses after that reading, we have another thing that is very true written in, these, in this psalm. Psalm 16 and verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life, and your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. It's not just the the being with you all here that, that brings me joy. That is a huge part of it. I'm so thankful to, to be with you uh, every opportunity that I have, but it's also the presence of God. It's the coming together to worship Him and knowing that He is in our midst as we worship. That brings so much, so much joy to my life. It brings so much pleasure to my life. But while I would say all Christians would agree with, uh, with that fact, Holly, did you get my clicker? All Christians would agree with the fact that 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 would be the case. That God, in His presence, there is joy and there, there is peace. It still doesn't, it doesn't alleviate the fact that there are times when we find ourselves not as close to Christ as we would like to be. And that's the topic of our sermon this, uh, this morning is to draw near to God. Drawing closer to God. Last Sunday morning we talked about finding Jesus and how to find Jesus the way. This morning we're talking more about after we have found Jesus, after we have found God, how do we draw near to Him? How do we get close to Him, close enough that we can feel like we are in His presence? Close enough where we can have that fullness of joy. We can have those pleasures forevermore. See, maybe it's... Uh, something that we've experienced in our life, I imagine all of us have, where we feel like we're not as close to God as maybe we once were. We feel a time where maybe we're, we're spiritually weak and we feel separated. We feel a distance between us and God. Maybe we're filled with depression. Maybe we're filled with anxiety and worries and fear. All these things that, that Satan uses, these tools that he uses to cloud our minds, to, to try and, and block our hearts and to try and push God out of our life. In such times, what do we do? How do we get that feeling of closeness again? And that's where verse, 16, or verse 8 comes in. Verse 8, when, it, when the, the psalmist writes, I have set the Lord always before me, because He is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. It's when we set the Lord before us. When we set the Lord before us, we receive the benefits of His presence. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to review ways that we can draw closer to God or ways that we can set the Lord before us when we find ourselves drifting away, when we find ourselves starting to separate from God. And I think a great place to start is looking at how, the Lord, how we do this through God's creation, how we set the Lord before us through God's creation. Psalm 19, if you want to turn over, just uh, it might even be on the same page you're on now, but Psalm 19, in verse 1 and verse 2, reads, To the heavens declare the glory of God, 
And the firmament shows His handiwork. The creation speaks to us of God. Have you ever stopped to think about that? The creation actually speaks to us. It tells us, this passage says, of His glory. It tells us of His knowledge. In fact, if you remember over in Romans 1 and verse 20, Romans 1 and verse 20 says that since, since the creation itself, all the invisible attributes of God are, are, not just, are not just seen, but are made clear. They're made clear. The invisible attributes of God are made clear since, ever since the creation. When we take time to stop and to contemplate God's creation, as, as we have done so many times right here at the, at the Lord's Supper, I'm so thankful when we bring up the things that God has created, the, beautiful, the beautifulness of a blue sky and the sunshine, the power of a storm, the rain and the winds, the serenity of a mountain or the woods. You even see sometimes the power in the, in the waves and how they crush. And, and we, when we see all these things, we begin to understand more of His power, understand more of His person. This understanding helps us to come closer to God. Just as increasing understanding between friends enhances a friendship. Have you ever thought of maybe um, a marriage? A marriage without understanding, it, it, it has problems. If I don't understand Holly, if we don't have any sort of understanding in our relationship, if, if I don't understand what she needs, I don't understand what she wants, and vice versa, she doesn't understand what I need and what I want, there's a problem there. We can't have that closeness. We'll feel distant. We'll maybe sit on other sides of the room and go, she just doesn't have a clue what I'm thinking. And she's probably thinking, I don't have a clue what he's thinking. We need to have that closeness that comes through understanding. A great way to start that is to look at God's creation. You know, we're not the only ones that should do that. And we have examples to draw upon. Think back to Genesis 24. If you want to turn over there. Genesis 24 and look in verse 63. In Genesis 24, we see Isaac. And it says that Isaac goes out into a field to meditate. Genesis 24 and verse 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked, and there, uh, and there the camels were coming. I've ever thought about this. You know, when, when we first bought, uh, or excuse me, when we first rented, started renting the house that we do off, off my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, one of the first things we did was we just walked out into the field. It's these 180-something acres that we just walked out. Walked out in the evening. Walked out as the sun began to set. We walked out and we saw all that they had. And really what we saw was all that the Lord had blessed us with. We saw these beautiful hills, the rolling plains. We saw the grass, the hay that wasn't cut. We saw the sun as it went down, the beautiful sky. We saw so much and it brings peace. It does. You take a look at this and you realize that God has made all of this. And it helps me. That's one of the, my favorite things to do when I have something to think about. When I have something that I really need to just stop and think about. I don't like to go into a closet. I don't like to go somewhere in, in some dark place. I like to go out into God's nature. I like to go out into His creation and see. And, and to just have time alone to think. It's one of the greatest things that I, that I find to do during the day. But we're not also the only ones that did that. God Himself did this. In Matthew 14, we see Jesus... When he is on the earth, it says that he goes into the mountains to have, find time to be alone. In Matthew 14 and verse 23, 
It says, and when he saw the multitude, or when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And now when evening came, he was alone there. You ever stop to think about that? Jesus on that mountain alone? Jesus, uh, God in the flesh, the Son of God, walks away into, into his creation, goes up into his mountain to spend time alone, to spend time in thought, to spend time in a conversation with his Father. How great an example is that to us, that sometimes it's good to just look at nature, just to get out and remember who it is that created this, the, all this that we see around us. In fact, it may be easier to draw closer to God in the midst of God's creation than it might be to be in the midst of man's creation. In the midst of the concrete and the steel and all that we see around us, sometimes it's good to separate ourselves away from that for a moment and look at not what man has done, but look at what God has done. I want to, uh, as, as we think of these thoughts, drawing closer to God, uh, a song came into my mind. And I want to look at that song uh, uh, just a little bit. Turn to your songbooks, number 210. Number 210. <clears throat> this song is called, Walk, or it's called Alone at Eve. Alone at Eve. And I think this song does a really good job at preparing our minds to draw closer to God. And it follows along with this sermon quite well. The, we, we've been talking about drawing closer to God, setting the Lord before us through God's creation. Let's read the first verse of this song. Walking alone at eve and viewing the skies afar, bidding the darkness come to welcome each silver star, I have a great delight in the wonderful scenes above. God in His power and might is showing His truth and love. This songwriter here, he, he understood this. He understood the power in God's nature. He understood what he saw. And as that last line says, in God's power and might is seen. He's showing His truth. He's showing His love through His creation for us. But God's creation can only tell you so much about Him. It's got to take a further step than that. If we truly desire to draw closer to God, we're going to need to go on and take another step and look at God's revelation for us. God's Word provides that full revelation to God. Though nature, or through nature, we do have a limited view, but we, and we can learn something from God. But we can see His power. We can see His divinity, His glory and knowledge. We can see all this in His creation. There's something you can't see in His creation. There's something you will never see in the sky. There's something you'll never see in the earth. You will never learn what His will is. You will never learn His purpose for you unless you pick up His Word. It is only through divine revelation that God has made His will fully known to us. If you want to turn over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. See, He has revealed many things through His Spirit. And who in turn revealed them through the apostles. In 1 Corinthians chapter, <clears throat> chapter 2 and starting in verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, just the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us 
by God. God has revealed these things through His Spirit. And Ephesians 3 and verse 3 and 5 tell us that they were written for our benefit. They were revealed to the apostles and they were written down and they were recorded and they were saved for us so that we could have a benefit from them. So that we could have an understanding of them. And we need to depend upon that written word. We need to depend on it like our lives depend on it. There were many that did this in days past. If you think of the Psalms and you think of David, it's abundantly clear that David held close to those, to those words. Uh, Psalms 19, Psalm 92, 93, Psalm 105, Psalm 147, Psalm 148. All these psalms are, are specifically psalms about David and, the, and how he stayed close to God. But focus on Psalm 19, if you will. If, we, if you'll flip back over there, Psalm 19. And we sing a song, wrote after this. But look at David's his dependence on the Word of God. Look at how he desired and he cherished the Word of God. He depended upon the Word of God. In verse 7 of Psalm 19, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Look at David and, and how he so strongly desired the Word of God. He desired the laws and the commandments and the statutes that God had set up. But David is not the only one that has done this. Again, we'll look back to our perfect example. Look back to Jesus in Matthew 4. Matthew 4, when Jesus faced off with, with Satan in the desert, Satan comes to tempt him, and what did he do three times? He turned to the Word of God. Matthew 4, verse 4, And he answered and said, It is written. Matthew 4, verse 7, And he answered again and said, Jesus said to him, It is written again. And looking again in verse 10, Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written. Jesus, the Son of God, relied heavily on the Scriptures that were, that were recorded for them. He used it to ward off the tempter. Let God's Word help you. Let God's Word help you draw closer, draw nearer to Him who is the source of our peace and the source of our strength. Turn back to our songbooks for a minute. Let's read the second verse of this song, Walking Alone at Eve, thinking in, uh, of God's revelation. It says, Sitting alone at Eve and dreaming the hours away, watching the shadows fall now at the close of day. God in His mercy comes with His Word. He is drawing near, spreading His love and truth around me and everywhere. Again, focusing on God's Word draws us close to Him. But do not stop. Do not stop with simply listening to God through His Word. We must also, if we desire to draw close, we also need to set God before us through prayers. Through our prayers. Because the fact is, to have a close relationship, a close relationship requires a two-way street. It requires uh, not just hearing, 
what God has to say to us. It requires talking back to God. God has revealed Himself through His creation. He's revealed Himself through His revelation. Now we must reveal ourselves to Him. And we do this through prayer. Look over in in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and look in verse 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Remember what I said at the beginning of this sermon. Sometimes sometimes we feel like we're separated from God because Satan is actively working to block out the peace that God provides from our hearts, to cloud and muddy our minds so that we're not focusing, we're not trying to be close to Him. But God says, if you will come to me in prayer, if you will bring your problems to me, if you will let me know, open yourself to me, I will guard your heart. I will guard your mind through Christ Jesus. And Satan doesn't have anything to use against that. He has no weapon in his arsenal to fight back against that guarding that God provides. We need to express every concern to God if we expect to receive an appropriate blessing. It also means that we need to do so. We need to do so boldly. We need to draw boldly to God to obtain mercy. Look in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Starting verse 14 through 16, seeing then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Prayer is so abundantly required if we want to draw closer to God. He has opened Himself up and He has revealed so much to us about Himself, about His plans, about His will for us. Are we not required to do the same? Why would we not do the same? Why would we not open ourselves back to Him? Let Him know the things that we want. Let Him know the things that we suffer with. If He truly cares for us as He says He does, and we know He does, then He truly wants to hear what we have to say. Let's turn one last or, or one more time back to the song. Number 210, Alone at Eve, and look at verse 3. Again with this idea of prayer. Closing my eyes at Eve and thinking of heaven's grace, longing to see my Lord, yes, meeting Him face to face, trusting Him as my, as my all where, wheresoever my footsteps roam, pleading with Him to guide me onto my spirit's home. This song so well describes what we need, what we need to draw close to God. We need to see His creation for what it is, and we need to spend time in it. We need to see His revelation and listen and heed it, and we need to have a a way of communication with Him. We need to be going back to Him through prayer. There's one more thing that I want us to look at. When we set the the Lord before us, we do so through our fellowship. Our fellowship. Strength comes from assembling with one another. Look over in Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and starting in verse 9. 
says there are, are two, excuse me, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fail, or if they fall, excuse me, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. There are strength in numbers. There are things in this life that will tempt us. There are things in this life that will hurt us. As we said, Satan is trying his hardest to come between us and God. And if we are walking this walk, and we are trying to walk this walk alone, if we are by ourselves, the, the words of the wise man here in Ecclesiastes says, we will fail, we will fall, and no one is there to help us get back up. If we are trying to be by ourselves and do this on our own, we don't have the help. We don't have the assistance that comes with fellowship with other Christians. And so we need to view this. The very real danger that lies in trying to do this on our own is that we could fall away. And turn over to Hebrews 3. In keeping with this very real danger in mind, we need to make sure that we are daily, daily exhorting one another. Hebrews 3 and verse 12, Beware, brethren, lest there be any, uh, any of you with an evil heart, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We need to be looking out. Not only if I want to draw closer to God, I need to try and help other members of the congregation to draw closer to God. I need to be doing what I can to reach out to those that need the help and say, I can help you. I'm here for you. If you need something, please let me know. Let me know how I can work with you. How we can, get, how we can do a better job in our walk with Christ. We need to be reaching out. We need to be building up our brothers and sisters. We need to not just be watching them as they stumble down the path and trip and, and almost fall, or maybe do fall. We need to be right there alongside with them, grabbing their arms and helping them along. But we also need to make sure that we're here so that we can so that we can not we can see that, we can help those that need help, but so that we can receive that help as we'll turn over to Hebrews ten. Hebrews ten verse twenty four. Let us consider one another. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. This is what we are to be doing. We're to be thinking about one another and ways that we can build up one another, ways that we can stir up, but we can stoke up that flame and that zeal in our hearts to, to, to love one another more and to do good works. Let us build up one another to be better Christians. How? How do we do that? Verse 25 says, don't forsake the assembling. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We're described oftentimes as a fire. A fire that's burning for the Lord. And like coals in a fire, we have a responsibility to keep one another hot. 
Assembling together is designed to, to create that spark that keeps the flame alive of our relationships with God. Have you ever possibly seen a fire burning? And you can take a piece of coal from that fire and set it aside. Set it over on the side of the mantle or just pull it away from the fire a little bit and watch it. A coal that burns so bright, that burns so hot and put off so much heat, slowly starts to go out. It starts to die by itself. And if left alone, it will eventually extinguish. But watch how quickly even when it's almost completely out. Maybe you can't see any spark left in it and you set it back over by that fire. Watch how quickly it builds back up. Watch how quickly it relights itself. That's what the church is. The church is that fire. It is filled with people with individual coals that are hot, that are burning for the Lord, that want to do work for the Lord. And when we separate ourselves from that, when we step away from our brothers and sisters, we slowly start to go out. We start to put out our own flame. And if that's the way we feel, if, if, if that's the way we are, if we realize that we are drawing away from God, it very well could be that we're drawing away from God by drawing away from His church. In Acts 4, and verse 23, turn over there. The early church, the early church fathers, they recognized the need for closeness and for assembling together. Next, 4 and verse 23 and, uh, through 31. We read that in times of trouble. As we've read before, when Peter and John were arrested, they gathered together. Verse 23 says, And being let go, Peter and John were let go from jail. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God and with one accord said, Lord, you are God who made the heavens and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And the kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand, your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hands and heal and that the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. In times of trouble, Peter and John have been arrested and they've been released. The church gathered together. They recognized the need to be together when things weren't going good. The same thing happens again in Acts 12 and verse 12. Just a few passages over. Peter again is arrested. In Acts 12 verse 12 it says, When he considered this, he came to the house of Mary, and the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. They spent time together. They spent time together building one another up. And in times of trouble, when someone in the congregation needed help, they were there to see what they could do. In instances like this, they were there just simply to pray and to put the, the, the problem before the Lord. Say, you take care of it. God, this is, this is something that, that is out of our hands, but you take care of it. But they had that much love for their brothers and sisters that they got together. Another thing is our assemblies. Our assemblies can be a foretaste of God's presence in which we draw near to God together through things like song, through prayer, and through His Word. Turn over to Revelation. In Revelation verse, uh, chapter 7, 
we see that we enjoy a fellowship in the church that is, is something similar to what we will enjoy with Christ in, or with God in heaven. Revelation 7, starting in verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hand, and crying out with loud voices, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple, and He will sit on the throne and will dwell among them. And they shall neither hunger nor any more, nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat, for the Lord who is in the midst of the throne will, will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away for every tear. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's something we have to look forward to. That's something that I long for. That's something that I can't wait for. And the closest thing I have to that on this earth is right here is right among each and every one of you. When we gather together, the love that we have for one another, the praises that we sing for God, the prayers that we offer up for Him, the Scriptures that we study and read from His Word is a foretaste of the, of the relationship we're going to have with Him one day. Let's read the chorus of this song before we, before we conclude. Rest for a weary soul, once redeemed by the Savior's love. Where I'll be pure and whole... Oh, excuse me, I started the, right in the middle of it. I'm sorry. Oh, for a home with God, a place in His courts to rest. Sure, in a safe abode with Jesus and the blessed. Rest for a weary soul, once redeemed by the Savior's love. Where I'll be pure and whole, and live with my God above. I asked the question this morning, do you want to be closer to God? Do you want to draw more near to God? Then set the Lord before you. As David wrote, set the Lord before you and do it through these avenues, through contemplating the nature that God has created, through meditating on God's Word, through approaching Him in prayer, and through having fellowship with other Christians. Do this and we can draw closer to God. Do this and we can sing as David sang in Psalm 1611. In your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. <clears throat> but I must be blunt. I must be straight and to the point. These ways of drawing closer to God, they aren't for everyone. They're not for everyone. The truth is, if you're not a Christian this morning, then you are very, very far from God. But He is very, very near. Very near to you. And He is, he is waiting. And He is reaching out and hoping that you will reach back for Him because He can save you. He can save you from the sin that is in your life. I ask this question, do you want to draw near? 
But I ask another question. Do you want to come to Him? Do you want to come to Christ? If you do, if you desire to come to Christ, or if you simply desire the prayers of your brothers and sisters this morning, uh, I'll encourage you, whatever your need may be, we stand ready. And we encourage you right now, come forward as we stand and sing.